0: To serve this clientele, you have to take the time to understand them so well that you know the littlest details about them and their lives. Every business is unique. But the ups and downs we experience as we launch and run our businesses are pretty
1: similar. We're Harmon Brothers, the team behind pooping unicorns and other weird but successful video ads you've probably seen. We help businesses grow through unforgettable video marketing, and we're no stranger to tricky situations. In fact, we embrace them. The goal of this podcast is to show how your crappy circumstances could be the golden opportunity that leads to your next success. You're listening to Poop to Gold. Welcome back to From Poop to Gold. I'm Benton Crane, your co-host and the CEO of Harmon Brothers. I'm excited about today's show because I have a very special guest with me here today. Jeffrey Shaw is our guest. Welcome to the show, Jeffrey. Thank you for having me, Benton. I'm glad to be here. Now, Jeffrey is a portrait photographer of over 36 years, and he has done the portraits for many famous CEOs and C-suite executives. He is also a small business coach and the author of two books. So Jeffrey, tell us a little bit about how that all blends together. When you hear it in an introduction, it sounds like it's a lot of kind of various things,
0: but I want to know how it all connects. Yeah, exactly. And I get asked that a lot. How do you go from being a portrait photographer to writing business books? So yes, I've been a portrait photographer for a long time and I basically have spent 36 years selling something nobody needs to the hardest market in the world. I sell portrait photographs to very affluent families. So it's nothing anybody really needs and not an easy market to break into. To do that, you learn a lot about business. And I guess it's rooted in being a photographer. I'm a masterful observer. I watch human behavior and business is human behavior. And the more you can tap into understanding the human behavior of the people you want to reach, the people you want to impact, that to me is is the basis of yes. business. You know, if you asked me 12 years ago, prior to coaching, if you asked me 12 years ago, why, why I was on this planet, I would have said to be a portrait photographer. So that's all I knew. It was the only training I had. And now. Now I feel like that 25 years at that point, when I became a coach was really a 25 year learning lab. Then again, I would say that about self-employment overall, which is the topic of my next book is that self-employment is a learning lab, right? It is, it's personal development on steroids because it's going to stretch you and cause you to move. To me, it's been a kind of a series of connected dots. You know, I was a portrait photographer. I I learned a lot about business. Uh, I started training within the industry of photography real quickly, realized that there's much more to my concepts than what photographers need to hear. That's why I wrote my first book, Lingo, in 2018 that came out. And that was kind of my my card out of the photo industry. So it was me putting a stake in the ground and saying, I want to impact the world of business. And uh, three years later, here I am, uh, having just put out my second business book. And I will fairly call myself a serial author now because I see other books in the future. And the third one is, uh, is in my mind. Love it. What's the thesis of Lingo? So li- Lingo is a brand messaging strategy. The base story is how I built my photography business. You know, I, I was a lower middle-class kid and how did you, how does one become the photographer for affluent families? Uh, you learn their lingo. You know, it wasn't a world I understood. I didn't come from that. I didn't come from money. It became obvious to me that's who I was meant to serve. And not because they had money, because honestly, from where I came from, I couldn't have judged what a lot of money was. I had no uh, relative scale of that. But they were people that I felt, felt they, they were aligned with what I valued. Ingrained in being a portrait photographer is you have a deep passion for the future. You know, because you're creating portraits you want people to hand down from generation to generation. Mm-hmm. And you're preserving life's moments. And you need to, i realized i needed to work with people that that also value that and had the discretionary income to save for the future to buy portraits of the future. So I really unpacked my strategy, what I came to know as a lingo, like understanding their lingo, understanding their emotional triggers. I define lingo as that feeling you get when you know somebody so well, you don't need to speak or the friend you haven't seen in five years. And it's like, no time has passed. So to uh-huh. me, that's, that's the power of business. I mean, imagine knowing your customers so well, they feel like you get them, like thoroughly get them. So that was the uh, thesis behind Lingo uh, as a brand message strategy. And, and honestly, Denton, uh, Benton, in the, in the three years it's been out there, the idea has become more important to me because brand message is so important today to create that immediate connection.
1: I love that so much. In fact, here every time we start on a new campaign, we always start with this process that we call the brain dump, where where we ask our clients to give us so much information about them and their customers, their data, uh, their history, their strengths, their weaknesses, all of that, because we always tell them we want to make your DNA our DNA, because it's only once that like we can internalize that DNA or lingo, if you will, then we can really speak from the heart and help them advertise in a way that that drives success for them. So I love your thinking on that.
0: As I, I refer to it, my keynotes, when, I, when I'm when i presenting on lingo, I say, you know, the goal in marketing today and the goal of all business is to get your customers to say, wow, it's like you're in my head, right? Because the truth of the matter is when they feel like, wow, it's like you're in my head, you know me so well, really you're in their heart. And when you're there, they're hooked, you know, that's when you've got a loyal client.
1: Oh, I love that so much. Let's go back in time for a second. Tell me a little bit about the journey that that you've been on to get here. And specifically, we're looking for that poop to gold journey.
0: Yeah, I, I love that. I love the idea of this. And it's funny, as I thought about our conversation today, I thought, you know, sometimes it's poop to gold and sometimes it's gold to poop because if you kind of step back from my career, you know, I had it, I was rocking it as a photographer. I mean, honestly, I look back now and think, man, that was, that was actually pretty easy. You know, I mean, it was, you know, I had a really awesome staff. I showed up, did shoots, I made the sales and it was a seven figure business. And I was, I was a 20 or I was in my twenties. Like it was crazy. So, you know, in a lot of ways it was pretty simple. And then, you know, of course, as we do in our lives, we get to a point in life. Like, well, I want to do something more important. I want to impact the world. And so I'm going to leave this business behind for all intents and purposes and become an author. And it's a much harder road. So sometimes I think, did I go from gold to poop? But no, really the, the, um, but I, I wouldn't change it along the way. I absolutely love what I'm doing. But to me, the real gold, the real poop to gold story is having grown up lower middle class. I went back when I got out of photography school, I went back to my hometown struggled for three years to get this photography thing off the ground and realize I was completely barking up the wrong tree. like socioeconomically it was a lower middle class community.
1: Mm-hmm. they were
0: struggling to pay their bills and pay their rent. like selling photographs was not meaningful to them. And um, I just struggled and I that's when I got more in touch with my values and realized who I was meant to serve. And to me the ultimate representation of, of my poop to gold story, And it's, it's really the grounding story of the book lingo is in order for me to understand the affluent clientele, I went on a three month journey to study the behavior of affluent people and the brands they chose. So the story I tell in the book is I went to uh, Bergdorf Goodman in New York city, which if anybody's not familiar with it, it's an exclusive. It's a one of a kind department store, very upscale. And it's on fifth Avenue at 58th street. And uh, I went there to study the behavior of the people not so much the brand, but I wanted to immerse myself Mm -hmm. in their culture so that I could see what they see. I could feel what they feel because if I could replicate whatever is triggering people to choose this brand, if I could replicate that, I could help them choose me. And were were um, you,
1: were you doing this
0: research just intuitively or did you have some sort of guide that was, it it was was, honestly, it was was kind of intuitively, you know, it's the intuition that comes from struggle. I mean, I was at this point, I'm 23 years old. That doesn't sound like a big deal, but at 23 years old, I was married. I had already been, married for three years. I had an apartment. And the thing that stood out to me the most is I was scared to death because this is all I knew how to do. I didn't have any other education. I went from high school, took a year off and went to photography school for one year. It just, you know, higher education wasn't discussed in my family. It wasn't even an option. I don't even think I had a guidance counselor that mentioned it. So uh,
1: so you're, you're feeling so, all this weight of like, I have to be a provider. Wait but yet your toolbox
0: is limited. Right, that's a great way of putting it. My toolbox is limited, but more than anything, it was like, this was the only dream I had. Like, if if I don't make this work, what's left of me? You know, I just didn't have anything else in the toolbox. So that was really the weight of the pressure. And as pressure does, I wanted to find my way. I had always been and have always been self-employed. I've actually never had a job, never received a paycheck. Um, So inherently, you know, I'm going to find my way. So I intuitively studied these brands and Bergdorf Goodman being mm-hmm. one of the primary ones. So my poop to gold story is going to Bergdorf Goodman to understand the behavior of this clientele. What I learned changed my business and my life so much within a few years. And every year since I am a customer of Bergdorf Goodman. Okay. So it is, it is a literally poop to gold. Like I was, I showed the first time I went to Bergdorf Goodman, I didn't know what I was getting into. I went through this revolving door. The place is full of crystal chandeliers as a doorman and I am wearing a members only jacket because it was the eighties. And like, that's it (laughs) members only jacket and a blue cargo pants. Like my only hope was that maybe they thought I was such a rich air that I look could look so ridiculous and get away with it. I was so out of my league. I didn't belong there, but they didn't make me feel that way, by the way. You know, I felt welcomed and, and I did my thing and, and walked around and just studied the pricing strategy. I bought a tiny little candle for 20 bucks because all the money I had, and I asked it for it to be gift wrapped so I could understand the art of presentation. How do you make something look expensive? How do you how do you get into the mindset of these affluent people? But let's face it. I mean, it was I didn't belong there in every sense of the word. For what I learned, to be able to turn my business around, to actually become a customer, And for me, it's anytime I'm in New York city, I'm going to, I'm going to go there. Uh, I have a tradition every year I buy uh, a Christmas ornament for a special aunt of mine. And it has to be in the Bergdorf Goodman box because it's meaningful to us. Uh, that to me is that's true poop to gold. Like I barely, I probably had, I probably had dog poop on my shoes. I mean, I, you know, literally (laughs) it's a cool thing. And I don't talk about it often because I don't want it to sound like, you know, snobbish. I mean, I literally have a personal shopper Bergdorf. So that's how much shopping I do there. And I don't say that to be snobbish. I say it Because, and I, like I said, I rarely share that side of it to say, that's actually what can happen, right? That's if you turn poop to gold, that's actually what can happen. Yeah, it's not
1: being snobbish. It's just part of your heritage. Like it's something that has deep yeah. meaning. Talk to me a little bit about in doing that research and kind of uncovering some of the psychology behind the affluent people, how they think, how they act, how they purchase. How did you take that information and, and how did you kind of customize your offering to reflect that?
0: So the thing that it, this stood out to me, and I, t- I tell this story very theatrically on stage is when I'm speaking and it's in the book, is that when I mentioned I had this, I bought this tiny little candle and asked for it to be gift wrapped. Crazy as that sounds, that was a pivotal moment in my life. Uh, so the woman was wrapping it and she was wrapping it, this tiny little candle and all, all this tissue paper. And as she went to go put the candle and all this tissue paper in the box, She stopped and she looked up at me and she said, don't use any tape. I had to ask why. I'm like, why wouldn't you use tape? And she said, well, you have to understand the process here. This clientele, before this, you know, this is being gift wrapped. So before they give it as a gift, they're going to untie the ribbon, take off the box top, fold back the tissue paper, make sure the candle isn't broken, and then put the tissue paper back on, put the top of the box back on and retie the ribbon. The impact of that really threw me because what I realized is that this is a brand. To serve this clientele you have to take the time to understand them so well that you know the littlest details about them and their lives. This wasn't about just the in-store experience. This was understanding how your customers behave. And that changed my life. That's when I realized like, wow, that is a different way of being in business than anything I had seen. It it turned business from being transactional to very Uh, Mm relationship-based. I often refer to what I, you know, what I do in business In both my books, I often refer to particularly lingo, I refer to as the evolution of buyer personas and avatars, right? Because those get you to a degree, but lingo is going to a whole other level. So, you know, then once you become aware of it and people have said to me, when they've heard me speak, they're like, you know, now I can't unsee lingo, whether it's Walmart or Bergdorf Goodman, like there's a lingo being spoken. Once I discovered that I started seeing it everywhere. So as I walked around these high-end brands, I just looked at the pricing strategy and in a high-end store, everything is priced. Everything's rounded off. Right, it's five hundred dollars, thousand dollars, five thousand dollars. Walmart is, you know, sixteen dollars and ninety six cents. Right? You realize there's a psychology to that. There's a psychology to, and there's there's an irony to it as well. Like it's interesting to me that to appeal to the cost conscious customer, you have to bring a lot of attention to the cost. Mm -hmm. Right? So you're pricing things at the one hundredth of a cent, whereas on the high end, it's just so vague you know, in my photography business. when people would reach out and inquire about our services, they'd say, well, you know, how much will it cost? And I was like, well, how many homes do you have? Uh, well, like, well, I, I mean, it's such a puzzle, puzzle like, uh, four. I'm like, well, then I would expect it probably be about 15 to $20,000 because I find my clients invest about $5,000 per home in portraits to hang on the wall. I mean, it's so vague, like, yeah, it's got 15 to 20,000. They're like, oh, okay. Right. So on the high end, you're actually intentionally vague because they're not, they just want to know they're at a safe zone, but they don't want to be, they're not overly price conscious. And it's understanding that difference. You start realizing as I did, as I studied these brands, it's packaging, it's presentation, it's pricing psychology. We as humans are drawn. On to what feels familiar to us. Somebody that goes to Bergdorf Goodman is probably not likely to go to Costco, right? That's not, it's such an out of familiar box. That's not their mm-hmm. world. So we travel in similar worlds and there's just, that's all the psychology of, of business and, and it's tapping into really understanding deeply the people you want to serve.
1: I love it. Thank you for sharing that journey with us, Jeffrey. All right. I want to be respectful of your time and and we're going to be wrapping up here shortly, but I've got a couple of important questions to ask you before we do. First off... Where is the best place for our listeners to stay in touch with you?
0: Yeah, my main website jeffreyshaw.com uh, will like lead you to everything. I'm also all over social; not hard to find on social, uh, typically under you know, under my name as well. But jeffreyshaw.com will take you there. You know, for any of your listeners, if they are embarking, as I have been my whole life, on the self-employed life, then perhaps the place for them would be the self-employed life.me because that's kind of the the culture, if you will, of all mm-hmm. my work uh, supporting self-employed business owners. My book, my the articles I write. I mean, that that I've kind of encompassed everything in the world of self-employed life at uh, the selfemployedlife.me.
1: What would you say to entrepreneurs who are looking forward to the rest of 2021?
0: My word for this year is emerge. As soon as it became January 1st of 2021, I said, okay, no more 2020 conversation. Like we get it. We know what life can look like and we, we get it. Now, how do we emerge from this? My tip is to encourage people to look at what's possible right now. there's actually a try, you know, and I'm very respectful of the struggle, but there's a tremendous amount that is possible right now. And it's usually going to be rooted in understanding those that you serve better. Part of the work I do is a brand message consultant, and I work with businesses, large and small I think everybody needs to reevaluate their brand message right now, not only to make sure you're not saying something that's going to insult somebody, Yeah, you know, the world has changed so much, but there's also a tremendous opportunity And those businesses that show up with greater understanding and more empathy, they're going to win. So that's, that's my tip would be go deeper into understanding your customers, show up with real empathy. And, uh, I think you can get on the winning side of the most challenging of circumstances.
1: One of the big changes that's happening in, in our industry right now that has a lot of advertisers freaked out is that with the latest version of iOS on all the Apple devices out there, it's making it much, much harder for advertisers to track. and And it's funny because so many advertisers are scared by that. And there's a lot of people freaking out. But in my eyes, I see it through exactly what you just said. What we really need to be thinking about is how do we empathize? With the viewers who are going to be watching our advertisements, and we don't need to be wor- so worried about like, tracking every click that they make. We need to be worried about empathizing and giving them something that they actually want. And, and it's the advertisers who can do that and, and you know, take that, piece, that tip that you just gave around empathy that I think will come out successful on the other side of this.
0: Yeah, I, was, I, I couldn't agree. And I also uh, just add in my 36 years in business, I don't think I've ever seen a time where there's such a split as to where people are at. You know, I mean, even, even in a single family, there are people that are feeling safe and secure and those that aren't, some people are mm-hmm. vaccinated, some aren't. So I don't know how you can be in business and not have expanded empathy right now, because you're not necessarily a mirror of those that you serve right now. You may not understand, That's you right. may not agree, but you have to have the empathy to, to re- and respect where they're at. I've just, we've never quite seen so much division in so many ways in our world. Uh, and I think something really healthy is going to come of that, but I think it's taking higher levels of empathy now that. I've, I've ever seen.
1: I agree. Well, Jeffrey, it's been such a pleasure to get to know you. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and thank you for sharing your past experience too.
0: Thank you, Benton. I appreciate you having me on.
1: And for our listeners, make sure to like, share, and subscribe. We'll see you on the next one. At Harmon Brothers, we're known for what we call our hero campaigns. These are big nationwide campaigns for brands like Squatty Potty, Poopery, Purple Mattresses, Lumi deodorant and many others. What makes these campaigns special is that they've helped scale those businesses by tens of millions of dollars each. Now, companies reach out to us on a regular basis wanting a hero campaign. They want that type of growth. They want that type of branding and they want that type of awareness. But the simple reality is most businesses and entrepreneurs aren't yet quite ready for that level of growth. So we've built what we call a hero incubator that is designed to help entrepreneurs and companies prepare for a hero campaign and to be ready for the type of growth that they're looking for. The hero incubator starts with a marketing audit. We offer these marketing audits for free and you can apply for one at harmanbrothers.com forward slash audit.